we are back everybody man it feels great to be back recording it's been a minute i know uh man i don't even know where to start um i've been blessed the past couple months our last episode was in october and i literally just re-listened to at the time of this recording i re-listened to um episode three and at the end i was just like you know i'll see you friday and then bam we're like five six months later um i'm working on being more consistent with this i want this to grow um you know it's just another outlet um that i have as a christian that i want to give to other people that are christians and unsaved people alike but I've been busy with online Bible college and I was given a new ministry um, at my church to take over, not take over, but to uh, head up. And that eats up a lot of my, um, my would be what, what would be my recording time. It's taken up by that ministry. And then it's just getting more involved in serving. And there's just, there's just a lot that's been going on um, this year. And it's, been hard to really find that motivation to be honest with you to really sit down write out an episode and record but i just got some real encouragement at the time of this recording and um there were just some things that came together and it was just like okay i need to get back on it like i need to you know start putting out more content start recording you know I've been blessed with a lot into who much is given, much is acquired, and that's really been convicting me lately. So I want to apologize to all of you, Faith Family, for not being consistent, not being um, productive with this, but I'm working on doing better, so please be praying for me on that front. But uh, in this episode, I'm very excited. It's our first guest. It's our first interview, and um, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to this. Like I have a, I have a mic, and I have the auto like the audit, like the editing software, I have the audio software, but to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know about audio. I don't know about, you know, making it polished up, making it clear. I'm learning as I go. So if the episodes are a little bit rough, if they're a little bit, you know, uncut and it's just, if it's super unprofessional, please bear with me. I'm learning as I go. This isn't my first language. I'm learning as I go. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on how to have a better, um, sounding podcast. Um, and I'm trying to incorporate those things and, uh, just re listening to my older episodes. It was just, um, there were certain times where I would start speaking really fast and then it was really hard for you to, um, understand what I was saying. And if it's hard for you to understand what I'm saying, then it's, if it's hard for me to understand what I'm saying, then it's definitely hard for you to understand what I'm saying. So, um, I'm working to speak <clears throat> more clearly on that front. Um, and not always yelling, not always speaking really fast, but speaking with more of a calm demeanor. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm learning as I go and please bear with me. Um, I don't really want to commit to a, to a certain schedule because I don't want to fail like I did last time, but I'm, I am going to be more consistent with this throughout the summer, um, and seeing where God takes it. So I hope you enjoy this today's episode. Um, yeah, links for the, um, Instagram and our social medias are going to be in the in the in the description of the uh, podcast and the show notes of the podcast. I will be linking Justin's uh, Instagram page and his respectfully fundamentalist page uh, in the show notes as well. So we will so you will be able to follow that and just be encouraged by him. Um, I really think he brings a lot to this table and uh, looking forward to the growth of this podcast in our next uh, in our next episode. But please enjoy. Today we got with us my best friend from all the way from New Jersey, Justin Daniel. Justin, how you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, just getting ready to go back home to New Jersey after this year of college. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, yeah, just getting ready to go. On a scale of one to 10, how would you say your semester went? I think it was a solid eight. Solid eight? Yeah, it was some, a good semester. Some ups and downs, but hey, man, God is good. That's the Christian life for you, amen. <laughs> So Justin, why don't you give the uh, the faith family a little bit of backstory about yourself? Tell them about your upbringing and you know, you know, church life, things like that. Sure. Well, uh, my mom and dad are both immigrants, and they're from Caribbean countries uh, at the named of uh, Trinidad and Guyana. And um, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. Which uh, shout is, out to all the New Jerseyans listening. Yeah, uh, from up north, we say coffee and pizza pie and stuff like that. <laughs> just some funny things but uh now uh my growing up life i think my parents did a very good job on having me and my brother 
uh, have a great home life and a great childhood. Um, I was talking to somebody earlier today and I was able to explain to them that we didn't have many responsibilities uh, in our childhood, just so my parents did a very good job on allowing us to have a childhood freedom. And though we were uh, poor and uh, I still have a lot of great, fun memories of of those childhood experiences. I was saved when I was 12 years old. I remember my mom had went to a funeral uh, in Guyana, her home country. So it was just me, my dad, and my brother home. And it's very weird how the Lord works. Uh, my dad used to work in a hospital in Bloomfield, New Jersey. And uh, we're talking probably 14, 15 years later, a soul winner came knocking at our door who was a part of the Newark bus ministry. And uh, he knew her, she knew him. And it was very, it was very touching to see the Lord work in those ways. And she invited us to church. She was a Spanish speaker. So it wasn't very much communication with my dad and her, but um, she ended up asking us if he wanted to go to church and man, like asking us to go to church. My dad only took us to Catholic church like every so often. I remember only twice going there and my brother didn't really like it. But we're like, okay, we're opening. I mean, it's church. We're going to follow our dad. And it was just the boys home. So that next morning, I remember I went in a pair of jeans, a striped uh, <laughs> a striped uh, uh, sweater. And I didn't have a comb over at the time. I had super, super spiky hair. And I didn't know who I thought I was. I brought a snapback and I had a mustache at the time. <laughs> I was 12, man. I was, it, was, it was a rough time for that me. That was a rough time period, huh? Um, but yeah, so we went. I remember my dad and my brother sitting in the service and I went down to junior church. And I remember one of the first things, uh, just the guy preaching. I don't remember much of my experience. I remember the guy speaking, was his name was Bill Abastias. And after the service, he... Uh, at junior church, he came up to me, pulled me aside, and he explained salvation to me, and I remember getting saved. Um, after that, I, we just got very in tune with the church. I remember my mom coming home and my dad and my brother just uh, and me just telling them how much of a church we found, how much of a good church we found, and I loved it. I think my dad always says that the reason why we're there was because I had liked it, and my brother wasn't too cared. Uh, he didn't care much about it. But we ended up going, started going faithful. I remember getting invited to junior church or junior camp, excuse me, uh, that I hated, absolutely hated junior camp. But I, I think didn't. we all did. <laughs> there were that times when, you know, <laughs> the guy, bigger guys would bully us. But I remember getting my insurance of salvation from there. And man, we just started to get plugged in. I remember starting to work on the Newark bus ministry, the mm. bus that went to my home city um, and uh, just getting involved. My brother got involved with the youth department over there. My dad uh, and my mom just faithfully coming. My parents got saved on our living room couch with my pastor doing a visit. Um, my brother and I, I believe my brother got saved the same Sunday that we had attended the first time. But I believe, I think it was maybe seven or eight years after we had gotten baptized. It was on my birthday. Wow. I think in 2018, 2019, something like that. Yeah. But um, so yeah, that's where we're at. I mean, now I believe uh, as we're getting closer to my teen years, uh, I was living a carnal life and just mm. living in the world. But I remember at the age of 16, I had, well, let's jump back a little bit at the age of around 14, 15. I never wanted to go back to camp because of the terrible junior camp yeah. experiences, but <laughs> The Lord had orchestrated it. My youth pastor and my pastor's son actually paid for me to go. It was really, it was really weird how the Lord worked that out, but he did. And I ended up going. And I remember, uh, shout out to brother Anthony Collins, who came with the Howells Anderson tour group. I had never heard, <laughs> I never heard of a Bible college. Plug before. in. I like it. Yeah. I had never heard of a Bible college before, but Anthony Collins came and he had preached a message called uh, it was from the verse, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And he preached a message called present yourselves. And I remember in that service, it was so awesome. I, God just broke my heart. And uh, along with two other friends who may listen, Mamie and Johnny Pankratz, who uh, under that same service, we had surrendered our lives to the Lord. After that, I was still living a carnal life, but I was... I, I knew the Lord. I knew I had did that for the Lord. I was very conscious of the decision. It yeah. wasn't something that was robotic, if you will. Yeah. 
Um, and from there, starting to go to uh, team camp a lot more. I thought it was fun. I mean, I was one of the big dogs, one of the, <laughs> one of the older guys at the yeah, time yeah, when yeah, I went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was one of the older guys, and uh, it was the camp was called Camp Aura. And where's that at? It's in New Jersey. Down New Jersey, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, if anybody knows the McCulloughs, they they were the ones heading the camp at the time. And man, uh, now let me ask you this: awesome. before we continue, did you ever have like I know I did growing up? Do you ever have those like? For those of you that have ever went to any type of summer camp, you know what I'm about to say. Like, there's like you meet somebody there, like you develop your camp crush and it, it's that it, your camp crush is distinctive throughout the, you'll remember them for the rest of your life. I know camp was very special for me because I would always have a camp crush. Now the feelings were never really reciprocated, but that's besides the point. I feel like we've all had a camp crush from time to time. And I feel like that really incentivizes us to go back to camp. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to plug that in. Oh, were you asking me? Yeah, did you ever have a camp crush? You see, I can't say necessarily that I had a camp crush, but yeah. there was a girl that I had liked from my youth department, and I guess you could call that my my camp crush at the time. But uh, that obviously, as he said, it never worked out. <laughs> the feelings were reciprocated. <laughs> see, but uh, it, it never worked out. But yeah, I guess you can call that a girl from my youth department. But that that's pretty much. Any chance she hears this? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but um, yeah, so following that, we we kind of uh, started going more faithfully. I remember my best friend had came the second year that I went. Finally, he I brought him to church and he started to come faithfully. And I decided to try to convince him to come with me. And it was amazing. A uh, little bit about that. We both were addicted to video games. Hey, yo. Addicted. And I'm telling you, this kid, shout out to Raja. Uh, he was extremely addicted to video games and man, the Lord worked on him. Uh, he's going to be a missionary to Russia. He's Mm, at Commonwealth Baptist college, but, uh, uh, one of my best friends going on 12 years now, uh, he and I went to camp that year. And I remember God had called me that year to pastor, uh, not to start a church at the time, not to, uh, not to do anything, but I remember just a distinct calling that there was a need for pastors in America. And I remember uh, just the Lord working on my heart. And um, so, yeah, that's where we're at right now. Um, there's a lot more stories on how I came to Hiles, but most of my teenage and childhood years uh, were spent as a carnal Christian. It was uh, very much so. And uh, praise the Lord for where I'm at now, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Man. Yeah. We'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into it. But uh, so basically, just transitioning a little bit off that, we I had Justin prepare. Uh, I had a couple topics I don't want to run over because the, the faith family that listens, it's um, breaking down the analytics. We have a good mixture of teenagers that listen. So shout out to my teenagers, my full throttle teens. I know you guys are listening. Uh, we have a teens, we have young teens, we have older teens, but then we have young adults that listen as well. I think the last time I checked it, a majority of the listeners are between the ages of, I think it was 18 to 30. That's our broad range, but most of my listeners are, praise the Lord, are within that range, the range that the age range that helps. And that I feel like you really make a lot of your um, choices about whether or not you're going to stay in church or leave church during those ages. And it's just, I know a lot, shout out to all of my friends and my family that listen and um, that support this. Uh, It means the world to me to be able to do this and be able to uh, sit down and talk to and have somebody else, uh, another person that's been in the faith uh, that is maybe has gone through something that you're going through, uh, just speak on his experiences just to give you a little bit of perspective. That way you understand that you're not alone in, in the Christian life, when you separate yourself from the Word of God, you end up separating yourself from your faith family, and it yeah. can, the devil really uses that to isolate you and really make you feel like you're alone and by yourself, and what you're going through is unique, and nobody else understands what you're going through, but that's a lie straight from the devil. Um, Amen. I felt like Justin had some experiences in his life that are relevant to a lot of the people that are listening right now, whether or not I know you personally, uh, but I know there are some people that are listening that are that. Justin has gone through uh, some things in his life that you're going through right now. And I hope that uh, 
by this having this discussion with him, you'll be able to get some type of help from it and get a new perspective on things. But transitioning, uh, segueing from that, um, the first topic of discussion that we had today was the duality of the Christian life. Now, as you know, as many of you know, if you've listened to the first couple episodes, um, you know that I am a first-generation Christian, and um, I'm not really going to take the time to go into my testimony because there was a time for that, and I and I went into that. And uh, but basically, you know, I'm a first-generation Christian, and I had to grow up in a public school. I had to go to a public high school, and I went to a Christian private school for a first part of my education. I had to go to a public high school, and so I really want to segue into that. And Justin, if you want to explain to the people listening. Um, what was your experience like going to a Christian school, growing up in inner city New Jersey? And explain if, you know, go over your, your high school history, your high school life. And uh, yeah, just delve into that. Sure. Well, I, the first Christian school that I ever went to was Howells Anderson Bible College. <laughs> <laughs> I had never, I had spent all 18 years of my life prior to Bible College in a public school. Wow. Uh, I had went to... I guess you could say it was a private uh, uh, pre-K, if you will. I still go there. I still talk to the teachers. But after that, public school was the main part of my life growing up. Um, my parents weren't fortunate enough, and this is no blame to them, but they never uh, had a thought or they didn't have any good Christian people or good Christian schools to put us in. And they, my brother did the same thing. My brother went through Christian school. I'm sorry, public school. And also he went to a public college uh, where he got his degree from. But um, for those of you out there going through my public high school career was very, very difficult and challenging. Mm -hmm. My church, I believe People's Baptist Church did a very good job at preparing us and teaching us the things about the world and things about uh, uh, just standard wise and yeah. stuff. I remember um, and for example, I tell people this, you know, I've been doing activity reports. If you guys don't know who that is, all our <laughs> house students, all our house students know what activity reports are. Don't forget to fill out your activity reports, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an inside joke, guys. But uh, so with activity reports, I was doing activity reports called core sheets since I was uh, in seventh grade in the youth department. Yeah. We were always mandated to do that. Wow. And, uh, you know, sometimes you would skip one here and there. Um, but, you know, my church did a very good job at preparing us for that. So going into high school, I believe I, I knew what I believed as a Christian, though I never followed it, if that makes sense. Um, my elementary and middle school, I just kind of did willy nilly. Um, I, I think for if there are any Caribbean people listening, you kind of know the background and culture that we kind of go through, you know partying is a part of our culture, carnival yeah. and all that stuff. So that basically delved into my life and it, 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 it kind of had a lot to do with my growing up in my teen years. Um, so the duality of Christian life of just being a Christian uh, in a public school was very difficult for me. My best friend, he, when he got right, he made a complete 180. It was very weird. And it was also very like, not envious is the word. I guess jealousy was there because I was like, man, like I was the longtime Christian. He's a new Christian and man, like right. he's standing up for what's right. And I'm over here doing nonsense, you know, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I'll tell you a couple of things. I remember and I went to a vocational high school, which is preparing you for a career. Yep. And I did law in high school, policing and law. Imagine. Um, uh, so, yeah, I remember people would always get in trouble for vaping. Uh, there would be a lot of uh, immorality, yeah. uh, to say the least. Uh, we would big hear time. it all the time. Instagram was big part of our lives at the time. We had all just gotten phones. And I think during that generation of being in public high school, a lot of what we saw was through Instagram. I think Instagram had blew up at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was during our generation. And do you think Snapchat. you viewed more of high, like most of high school, through an Instagram filter? I think so it to was, speak. Yeah, yeah I, mean? I think it was both Instagram and Snapchat. I remember the day I got rid of Snapchat. Uh, praise the Lord, I don't have it anymore. But I do. Obviously, I do still have Instagram. But I believe uh, Snapchat was extremely, extremely difficult of having in my life because oh, it was yeah. so much 
And this is a word flippantly used amongst our circle of Baptists, but it became very toxic uh, in our lives and just seeing all the nastiness and morality. But uh, I'm telling you from a perspective of a guy who lived in it, who not just saw it and was a bystander, but I actually lived in the nonsense. And um, just going through that, seeing high school and going through high school and relationships and with girlfriends and drinking and all that stuff you know but while still going to church uh there's a verse that uh, that's come to mind now you know the bible says uh being a lukewarm christian and just uh god spewing you out almost throwing you up basically that's kind of i believe how god pictured me during that point and um do you think how let me ask you this how much did your social social circle in high school impact not only your Christian life on Sundays, but eventually your <coughs> ultimate decision to go to Bible college? How did your social circle uh, affect that? Oh, man. So, oh, man, that's that's a bit that's a loaded question. I had two social circles. I had my church social circle. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I did, too. My public school so- social circle. Yep. And, and my I remember all my friends. Uh, for my social circle uh, in high school, we all sat on one table. I remember I was kind of like well, they called us floaters. Uh, after we had finished eating with our group, we would kind of you'd float make around. your rounds, yeah, 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 rounds yeah, around yeah. the cafeteria talking to people. That was kind of what I used to do. My best friend used to do. Um, but when we're at church, man, I had all my buddies, I had all my friends. Unfortunately, uh, during that time, it was a trio. It was me, my best friend, and another guy. Unfortunately, that guy is no longer in the ministry and. Uh, he's doing what he wants in the world. Still love him, still care for him. But uh, I had two social circles and it affected me a lot. Um, none of us wanted to go to Bible college. It was just very <laughs> apparent. You know, we all wanted to have lives, making money, being in the world. I, mean, yep. I, I wanted to be a lawyer. My other friend wanted to be a game designer. You know, we all had what we wanted to do. But uh, And our social circle in public school didn't help with that at all because they're all... God knows what they're doing right now. Oh, yeah. I have no clue what they're doing out right now. I'm I'm very out of touch with that circle. But, um, you know, if I would have stayed in that circle, man, I probably would be in a bad place. But I remember having uh, the friends that I had, I, I watched them grow with me and they helped me. And, man, we went to we went to college trips during college days and to go to Hiles and Commonwealth and see what they actually were. And that helped a lot because we all started to kind of move towards that direction because we all knew our calling, but we wanted to be in the world. Um, Now, let me ask you this. I know some people that are listening, um, a specific buddy of mine comes in mind. Does, how did your, did your perspective change from when you were just visiting, uh, you know, Hiles or Commonwealth or any of these other Bible colleges for college days or just a visit, is it, has your perspective of Bible college changed now that you are two years in to your college career? Has that changed since you first looked at it from the outside, but now you're on the inside? Uh, I'd say both ways that it has and it hasn't. Obviously, when you go into Man, and this goes with the church, too. When you go into a place, there will always be a bad crowd. Yep. There will always be a good crowd, and there yep. will always be a lukewarm crowd, you know? Um, I kind of I kind of went into college knowing that. It wasn't yeah. very much a shock, per se, but obviously I was kind of shocked at seeing it. But um, I don't think a lot had changed uh, for me seeing it during college days and seeing it being here for two years. Yeah. Um, and let me say this, if you are in a public school and you are in a public college and you are standing up for what is right, man, kudos to you. Amen. Hats off to you. I know a lot of people who are good godly men and good godly ladies who are serving uh, their student body in public secular high schools and secular colleges, and they're making an impact. They are. And if you could take a stand and if you could actually not give in to the temptations and stuff... Man, kudos to you. You are a strong person. I believe that, man. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Keep going on. Uh, I remember I wish I had did that in public school and not just towards the end of my public school career. We had did a Bible club towards our junior, senior year, the end of that. 
of it and we we saw a lot of fruit from it mm-hmm. um and what would be your piece what would be your advice to the teenagers that are in public high school right now or even uh, a christian school right now because as we all know like just because you go to a christian school doesn't mean you're a christian it doesn't make you a christian and you can i've you know you can go to a christian school and be just as carnal and just as wicked as a public school. So what would be your advice to um, the young people that are in either a public institution or public high school or a, um, or a private Christian school right now, what would be uh, a piece of advice you'd give them to help them? I'd say I I would have two things. First of all, learn what you believe. Uh, That is so important. What you believe about dressing, what you believe about music, Mm. what you believe about the Bible, uh, what you if the bible is the infallible word of god uh if god is real you know learn that stuff um i loved debating in high school uh i was a part uh, i was that's not surprising no i enjoyed it <laughs> uh i was a part of mock trials obviously i was going to be a lawyer so i did all that stuff kick him out the court <laughs> one of the <laughs> best things i love to do was debating atheists and people who didn't believe in God because it gave me a broader knowledge on why I believe yeah. in God. Um, know what you believe, really. That's very important. Not because somebody else believes it. There's right. a there's a saying we have at our church, and probably you've heard of it. Don't hang on somebody else's coattails. You know, learn for what you believe by hmm. yourself. Uh, it's so important because one day you're gonna be out in the world and you're gonna try to figure out what you believe yeah. without help. And that's how it's been in Bible college. You know, I obviously I have professors and stuff, but I need I needed to figure out what I believed. And that was very important, you know, and the people say what you believe about the end times, uh, what you believe about the Bible, what you believe about sin. Are you pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? Yeah, all the, all the nonsense. But, yo, truly, truly, like, honestly, learn what you believe and know what you believe. Back it up by scripture. Uh, secondly, don't give in to the temptations. Don't do it. It's good for a season, but it is going to ruin you. Uh, a verse comes to mind is Second Peter. It's three verses. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. I'll read it real quick. It says, For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is a, it is happened unto them according to this true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. And basically what those three verses are saying is... Uh, he's saying, you know, you, God brought you out of the pollutions of the world. You got saved. You know, you got, uh, born again. You became a new creature. You know, you, you're growing. But the Bible is saying there, you know, now that Jesus has brought you out of that, don't get entangled back with the nonsense of the world. And if you do, the Bible is basically saying it was better for you not to have been saved and you do that than now being saved and running back to those sins. And he, uh, one of the greatest things I love about this verse, he says, as the dog uh, is returned to his own vomit. So don't return to your own vomit. Don't go back to what the world has to offer. Man, don't give in to the temptations. Uh, I always I always say, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. Because I don't want to return to the nonsenses of the world. Um, yeah, it's fun. And I'll, I'll be really honest, sin is fun. And not a lot of people say that sin, sinning and falling into sin and doing the things of the world is fun, but actually not doing it will give you the greatest joy in the yeah. world. You know, um, that would be my second piece of advice. Stay away from it. Abstain from it. Uh, the Bible says, look not upon the wine when it is red, but I Oof. believe I believe that goes for anything. You know, don't even look at it, man. If, sin, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. I remember Brother Ricky uh, Torres uh, really drove that point this past Sunday at the afternoon program for the Chicago Lanteens. He really drove the, the 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 point of if sinners entice you, if your peers are telling you to do something, man, don't consent to it. Don't give in. Don't give in to the peer pressure and stay away from it. Abstain from it. Get away from it. Flee from it. You know, what that. would you be? What would your advice be? And I feel it. And I'll chime in after you. But 
to the ones that maybe have a rough friend group that they might be the only Christian in their friend group. What would be your advice to that? Would you recommend that they get away from that friend group or try and just limit their time with them, but still manage to be a light to them? What would you be your advice? So I was in that situation with my social friend group in high school where I was the only Christian and my best friend was the better Christian, if I would say. <laughs> I would say start start planting seeds. Start talking about God more. Man, if they if they ask you how you're doing, man, God is good, man. It, start implementing God's name. Start implementing his blessings. Mm. Let them know. Let them see a change in you. I think one of the greatest uh, things a Christian can do in the world is, is uh leonard ravenhill said this he says uh the greatest miracle that god can do is take an unholy man out of an unholy world make him holy and put him back into the unholy world and make him holy in it and i love that quote because you know if you're being holy to unholy friend group slowly but surely they'll either flee from you oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. or they will start mag uh, uh magnetizing towards you start gravitating towards you start coming to you and start uh kind of adopting that mentality to yeah. the point and even if they're not saved they'll start you know they'll you'll see they'll be open for salvation they'll be open to hearing the gospel and you know but if that stuff doesn't happen it's either they'll flee from you or you need to start just slowly distancing yourself i know my best friend told me the other day and i'm not putting him on blast but um he told me we were on the phone and he said man he was like do you remember so and so from high school and i was like yeah he was like i texted that person the other day and i said i'm praying for him and uh i do that at least twice or three times a year man don't forget about them completely yeah remember them pray for them actually you know pray for their salvation as christians we wow. ought to be praying for human souls but you know there comes a point in time where you cannot be unequally yoked because yeah. it brings you down it's either bring you down or build you up and it's not going to be building you up <laughs> my my boss would always say my boss would say um oh i'm gonna butcher this quote but he would always say um you can't mix a donkey and a purebred i think that, i think that's how that quote you can you can't put a donkey and a purebred in the same stable because it, it won't work one of them is going to have to go um and speaking on to that point uh they'll either flee from you or they'll start to gravitate towards you they'll start to ask you questions i think uh specifically one of my best friends uh i was working uh, at lowe's at the time working third shift and if you've ever worked third shift before the type of people that work third shift are the type of people that you don't want working during the day i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep it keep it a buck and so I'll, um this is probably why i was on third shift but <laughs> <laughs> but i was working third shift and i worked third shift for a year and a half at lowe's and uh um, at that time, I was the only Christian on night crew, and I would always come in. Everybody else would kind of be tired. I worked 7 p.m. to 5 a.m., and we would unload a truck, and then we would sort it and put the freight away, and it'd be a small crew, you know, around six or seven of us, uh, and it was, it allowed me to really just be a light, and the Lord, praise God, like, they really, there was one girl in particular, her name's Bobby, she, when I met her, she was battling some some really dark, deep stuff, and I'm not I'm not claiming credit for it because it was all God, but God definitely allowed me to be a friend to her, not just a friend, but because she had had some bad uh, interactions with Christians or people that have called themselves Christians, mm -hmm. and she had a lot of questions. She's very confused about the faith, and. I, you know, I didn't curse. I didn't listen to bad music. And, you know, I'd have my speaker playing, you know, Amazing Grace. And they could hear it halfway down the store. And they're like, what is this weirdo <laughs> dork listening to? And I, like, and she slowly but surely, she started asking me questions. Next thing you know, she got saved. She got baptized and Dang. she got married. Um, we go to different churches. But, and then another person, one of my best friends, like a brother to me, and I've only known him for a couple of years, but the Lord really worked on this friendship uh shout out to jadakus but um when i met him jadakus he literally was the guy when you think of the guy like this man had the confidence of a lion like this boy walked around like 
you know, people just gravitated towards him. People wanted to be him. You know, I mean, he he went to a really good school out of Pennsylvania. He, you know, he was six foot. I think he's six foot, six foot one. Uh, and he's just a he's he's a solid. He's a built dude. And um, speaking of all that, like he was just it in my eyes. He was it. And whenever and he was at school when I started at Lowe's overnight and then slowly but surely when the semester came to an end, this was 2020 towards the summer i wrote he's like oh jada kiss is coming back jesus is coming back i'm like who is this weirdo and he comes and i meet him i'm like okay i get the hype i'm like he's kind of mid but it is what it is you know what I mean? <laughs> i'm just kidding bro but anyway but he came and then next thing you know like i i i just got in my car at the time and he didn't live too far from me so whenever we'd get off work he would walk home and then slowly but i literally the one day i just asked him if if he wanted to ride home he was like yeah and he even he'll he'll tell me this straight and we still laugh about it he thought i was a dork and he told me that to my face he thought i was a dork I'm, he was not wrong i'm talking <laughs> i'm talking steve urkel overalls wearing like dork he thought i was a straight dork and he wouldn't have anything to do with me but Who's going to deny a free ride home? Sure. But then slowly but surely, like, you know, I played Christian music in my car. You know, I didn't curse, whatever. And then literally, I hope not. it took the, it took a couple months. But midsummer, it, I remember it was a perfect morning. I'm talking like 65 degrees, 70 degrees, or like early morning. It was beautiful. 8 a.m., beautiful blue skies, sunrise. Beautiful. Literally perfect morning. And I dropped him off. And he had been asking me the all night just different questions about salvation and God and different things. And we had gotten to the house, his house, and he just broke down. And, you know, I walked him through the plan of salvation. He went inside and accepted Christ as a Savior. And then a couple months later, he got baptized. But he, when I met him, he was it. But he was like, and he even told, he used the words himself. And I quote, he called himself a demon because of all of the ill things that he's done. And he was ashamed of it. And he felt like he couldn't get saved. Mm -hmm. But then... I just did what I was supposed to do as a Christian. And then eventually, like young people, even college student, like whoever's listening, if you have friends that you've been trying to work on for years, months, whatever, keep at it. Like it'll it'll take time, but it'll they'll eventually come around. It took time for yeah. Jadakus and he eventually came around. And now he this man, like, he just did leaps and bounds for God in Amen. a short period of time. And it was just like seeing where he was. I'm not claiming the credit for it, but just, man, Lord put me in the right place at the right time, and I got a brother for eternity mm. out of it. Yeah, I mean, um, but that was kind of a segue. But getting back to it, duality of the Christian life, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you have, you know, you can't go to school during the week and be a sinner you know, go and bust her out on Saturday or go to church on Sunday and be a Saturday, Sunday saint. Like it doesn't yeah. work. And then eventually the lies, eventually your true self, your carnal self will catch up to you. You'll end up slipping a curse word out in church. You'll end up like for me, when I was out of church, I came to church high and I was very, I'm very honest with my testimony. I'm very open about that. You know, some very close men that were working with me during that time know that I was struggling with drug use and things like that. Um, but it was their testimony, their the way they lived their life, that when I was backslidden, it wore on my heart. And it was like, do you know what you're supposed to be doing, but you're still not doing it? Come on, you got to get back on that horse. And eventually it worked on me. You know what I mean? And it, and it caught up to me. Um, but don't give up on your friends. And if you're struggling as a young person right now, please reach out, uh, feedyourfaithpodcast at gmail.com. Like, I would love to talk with you. I'd love to get to know you. Um, yeah. But segueing into uh, our next topic i have written down in my notes standards are the christian's safeguards mm. <laughs> standards are the and you can i don't know if i stole that quote from somebody please don't please don't come for me but like <laughs> i have it written down standards are the christian's safeguards there's a reason why we have standards um shout out to pastor shut of bible Baptist church in new york pennsylvania he preached uh couple weeks ago about uh your safeguards and your cornerstones in your life and he used a brilliant illustration and i'm not just gassing him up because he's my pastor it was honestly it hit me uh, the way he illustrated it it just reinforced why it's so important as a christian as a young as a, as a christian man as a christian woman to have standards to not go to certain places i know guys that won't guys and girls they won't go to the movies 
you know, they won't, you know, they're very particular about the music that they listen to. They're very particular about where they go, where they shop. And it's like standards. And it, you just have to, you learn from failure, fail, fail you. You learn from failure. Like you end up building your standards based off the failures in your life. Like for me, I, I, I praise the Lord. He's given me the insight. I know very specifically what I struggle with and what, uh, what are the, baby steps that lead to me, you know, really being tempted by certain things. And so I had to make some adjustments in what I did, where I went, what I listened to, what I said, different things like that. So if you are, if you don't have standards or you don't think standards are that important, like study it, I mean, study it and really come into the faith of your own. Like if you're a PK, if you're a missionary's kid, or you're a second, third, fourth generation Christian, even if you're a first gen, you don't, you're, again, you can't, just ride somebody else's faith like i think it was brother wilkerson that said this justin correct me if i'm wrong uh oh what was it you can't or oh no it was it was a guest preacher that we had in chapel last year um I'm, the name slipping me but he the sermon that he preached he gave an illustration you can't be an energizer bunny to somebody else's faith mm. you remember that you remember that sermon I can't say that I do if I remember the person. If you're a college and you're listening, you, I, I think, <laughs> you, you know, you know, don't comfort me, but you know what I'm trying to say. You can't leech off somebody else's faith. You can't steal somebody else's faith. You can't steal somebody else's standards because it'll eventually fall. You'll eventually, that facade will eventually come down. You have to come into the faith of your own. And that kind of transitions into our next uh, point of discussion. It's, the carnal man in our lives or the carnal woman in our lives uh the carnal christian or the carnal christians uh i kind of want to segue into this and i feel like it's a very deep it's a loaded topic and i'm going to try and be very specific and very precise and justin uh if you could elaborate on this question as a carnal christian what is the best way to stop being a carnal christian if you understand what i'm trying to say yeah well it's it's very prominent amongst christians now to to be that way um what a carnal christian is uh you know the bible talks about a natural man a spiritual man and a carnal man the natural man is an unsaved man as we know the spiritual man is a saved man who's doing the right things living in god living in the word of god and prayer and then we have the carnal man who is a saved man, but who's living in the world and he's not growing. And I would say the best way of doing that, if you're a carnal Christian, if you're listening to ungodly music or you're uh, watching ungodly things, if you're participating in what the world has to offer, you know, uh, let me say this at first, nobody's going to shun you. Mm. Um, if anybody ever tells you different, man, let me tell you something they can uh, go kick rocks or something you know uh one of my one of my pet peeves is why are we as christians throwing the stones at one another when we're down mm. i hate that so much it is very it bothers me a lot because man if i was down if i had backslid if i had become a carnal christian again i would hope that somebody like you or somebody yeah. like my parents or my pastor would come to me with loving arms and a loving heart and uh, would bring me back it, it, you know it's very weird uh i love the prodigal son story uh because nobody ever talks about the brother what do, do you know what the brother did and the prodigal son yeah the one that stayed home that yeah. didn't go away yeah. yeah he got mad when the brother came when the prodigal son came back exactly he got extremely livid and he was like he was telling his dad, well, why are you giving him the fatted calf? He burnt all his in inheritance and he burned right through it and he went on and on and on. And his dad, one of the most beautiful things, this is a picture of God and the Jews and Gentiles, but it's also a picture of the Christian life. So beautiful. The father who pictures God says, why are you upset? You have everything that is mine. And I think oftentimes when we see somebody who leaves and comes back we are that brother of the prodigal son and whereas we need to be the father of the prodigal son man loving him welcoming him back with open arms and let me tell you something if you are living a carnal life if you are away from church if you are backslidden come back hmm. please come back 
There's the world has nothing to offer you, and you will never find joy in sin. Um, please come back. And if you're mad at your church or you're mad at somebody at your church, I understand that not every Christian is going to have a good church to go to. Find a new one. Yeah. Find a new one. Don't allow that resentment to keep you out from church the rest of your life. And a good church, too, at that. And good churches are hard to find nowadays, but you just have to fight and you have to keep rooting through the weeds and the muck and you have to find a good, solid church to get plugged into. A quote out of All Parables of the Bible by Herbert Lockyer, through the lack of appetite for God and his word, many professed Christians fail to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. That really struck me because it specifically says through the lack of appetite for God in his word. How many times have I lost my appetite for God in his word? How many times, how many Christians over the thousands of years, thousands, not thousands, I'm sorry, a couple hundred years since Christ was here. Um, I'm going to get flamed for that one, brother. <laughs> Segway, how many Christians have lost their appetite for God? I'm guilty of it, brother. I'm guilty of it i'll go to i'll go to old country buffet my pennsylvanians y'all know about old shady maple (laughs) can i get a testification please no no i know y'all are saying amen yeah 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 yeah. my pennsylvanians got me shady maple old country buffet brother i'll go there you know fujiana you know what i mean china one i'll eat i'll stuff my i'll stuff my stomach you know what i mean i'll get full on physical food, on physical drink, not that type of drink like water or you know uh, Pepsi or you know Diet Mountain Dew, that. you know what I mean. Or if you <laughs> if you're really bougie, you know Dr. Pib, or or what's a what's a Walmart brand one? Oh, what is it? Seven Up. I don't know. It's not uh, uh, nah, nah. <laughs> too late, too late. <laughs> but again, you get what I'm trying to say. As 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 people, as flesh beings, we can sit there and eat all the junk food we want, physically eat and physically drink water, soda juice whatever coffee whatever especially if you're a christian female iced coffee and dunkin donuts and starbucks like i'm I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry don't flame me but again you'll we can stuff our faces but we will never physically lose an appetite unless you have some type of condition i understand but we all too frequently at least i do lose my appetite for god Mm -hmm. and his word because of how long i've spent out of it you know what i mean and the longer you're out of god's word it's called the bread of life for a reason the longer you're out of god's word the more accustomed to that lack of appetite for god and his word you'll have and you'll be you'll be used to not hungering for not being hungry for god or any god's grace god's mercy you you'll be used to not being hungry for those things Mm -hmm. until you take a step back and you're like, man, I'm starving. I'm hungry. Right. And that's usually how it is for a carnal Christian. You know, you're longing to come back, but you are scared to because you think people would shun you out. You think people are going to talk down to you and don't think that, you know, come back. People are going to love you with open arms. Um, but to talk about carnal Christians, you know, coming back, what, how would I recommend you or how can, uh, what are some ways I can, help with that i think as a carnal christian uh read and pray read your bible and pray uh pray that the lord would give you a love for the bible man and i'm and i'm gonna be careful how i say this but spend that less hour on instagram and spend that hour in the bible uh take that hour away from snapchat or i'm guilty of it Take that hour away from Netflix or Hulu or whatever you're watching. Disney Plus for me. Um, I'm for those of it. you who have been watching Moon Knight. But, uh, <laughs> but no, um, you know, take that hour away and place it into the Bible and reading, man. You could get so much out of the Bible in one hour. Think about this. You A chapter usually only lasts like almost two minutes. Imagine how many chapters you could get through in an hour and praying and that's a start. Another thing is, uh, it's very hard to to come back, but find a place and time to come back to church, whether it be a Wednesday, whether it may be a Saturday meeting, you know, a lot of churches do Saturday soul winnings, or whether it be a Sunday, um, you know, come Sunday night, Sunday morning, and just come back. 
just sit in the, you know, and this sounds terrible, but sit in the back, uh, start moving yourself forward, man, start, start giving God a place in your life. And let me tell you something, when you start giving places to the things of God, the things of the devil will slowly dissipate. Um, I think another great thing is you start just moving towards the direction, start serving in at least one ministry at your church. Uh, if you are, if you find yourself as a carnal Christian, uh, you, what you want to do mainly is don't give place to the devil and his objects and his things. You want to slowly substitute those things with God and God's word and the Bible. A another big thing carnal Christians struggle with, basically carnal Christians, and I'm going to be very careful how I say this, they're big spiritual babies. They are. And um, you may know the Bible. Uh, you may know you could quote scripture. Man, you could probably run a church. But your home life is probably a mess or your Christian life is probably a mess. And those are things that are baby like in the Christian life, man, start reading the Bible and start getting some meat from it. Start asking your your pastor, your teachers about things of the Bible that'll give you meat, things that'll help you grow. Like, for example, this year we covered um, in one class, systematic theology, one of my favorite classes ever, but we covered a lot of the doctrines of the Bible, like ecclesiology, which is the end times, and pneumology, which is the the study of the Holy Spirit. And man, there's so much meat in those things. Just learning about the Holy Spirit. Pick a topic. Hey, one of the easiest topics to learn but to fall in love with is love, charity. Man, read First Corinthians chapter 13. It's it's all about love and about charity and about uh, just, you know, charity profiteth all. And if you had not charity, profited you nothing. You know, it's one of the greatest things you can learn and something you can grow in. But as a carnal Christian, come back, start giving place to the things of God and stop giving thing, you know, places of the devil. Really, um, that's that's a very important thing. When I was going through my backsliding phase, I remember I had a meeting with my pastor and I straight up told him, I was like, you know, Brother Bill, like, how do I be more consistent? And he told me and he gave me 15 things and I have them written down in my Bible in the back of second Thessalonians. And there are 15 things to it. For me, it's a personal checklist. Like if I'm faulting in one of these areas, I, I know where I need to work on, you know, but when I was back, so when I was out of church, I had this meeting with him and the, the second point, I'll give you the first and second. The first point is get up in the morning. The second one, the second point, is read your Bible. If you don't have anything to read or you're not sure where to start, this is from his this is what he recommended me to do at that time. He said, "D, if you don't if you don't know what to read, you don't know where to start, you don't know where to get back into it, read Psalms, read Proverbs or start in Matthew 1." If you don't know what to read. And let the Lord lead. You may you could read and I'm guilty of it. Like I there are some chapters, you know, Perfect example, when you're going through the genealogy of Christ, it's just names on top of names, on top of names, on top of names, on top of names. If you do that for your devotions, you're kind of, you're leaving it like, okay, I don't, I ain't really get much out of that. And yeah. it's okay, but keep going back to it. Don't use the fact, oh man, I didn't get anything in my Bible today. It must not be working. So I'm not going to do it. Hey, like, you know what I mean? Like that just <laughs> yeah. doesn't, like I'm guilty of it, bro. Like I remember I was stupid and I thought like that. Like I was like, I didn't get anything about it. I must, I must be a bad Christian. Yeah. And I use that as an excuse to not read my Bible, sure. not do it the next day. Yeah, you know I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know if you wanted to chime in on that. No, no. I um, another big thing too. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. Okay, okay. I'm so sorry. Um, if you find yourself getting away from God, or you are away from God, and it is a very heavily debated topic, especially nowadays, get into a fast. Fast from social media. Fast from food. Fast from entertainment, fast from your friends, whatever. Beg him to get a hold of you. It's good. Get in your prayer closet. And I mean, beg. Mm -hmm. Praying with all prayer and supplication, like beg. Literally beg. If you find yourself away from God and you're like, man, I don't even know how to get back into it. Go into a fast. Skip a meal and pray. Mm -hmm. If you If you're a routine faster or you were a routine faster and you understand the effects and you kind of can cope with um, not being nourished by physical food, like then go into 
a day fast or a two day fast and really get a hold of God. Like, obviously, be careful. You don't want to harm yourself. But I'm very blessed and I praise the Lord that my pastor, he taught and he actively teaches on the importance of prayer and fasting and having a pastor that preaches on the importance of fasting as a young person is impactful because you can i've gone to churches where the pastor doesn't even believe that fasting works anymore mm. pray get in your prayer closet if you don't have a prayer closet make one it doesn't have to be this some big elaborate fancy thing my prayer closet was the bottom half of my closet at college if you're a college student you're listening you understand the closet <laughs> yeah you had your file cabinet called a drawer like the dresser of or a file it was basically a file cabinet but it was a dresser and then you had that wooden closet i had all my suits all my shirts my ties everything in the top part of it but i transformed in the middle of the semester i transformed the bottom of my closet into my prayer closet and i had different uh three by five cards of different people in my life you know people at church my bus kids um my teenagers my parents dad mom whatever i had different people in my life categorized and i would just pray for them and i remember it was funny the one time my roommate came back in as i was finishing up my prayer closet and he walked in as i was crawling out of the bottom of my closet and he kind of gave me this weird look and i was like i was just praying my eyes are all watery and they're like you know swollen <laughs> puffed up and he kind of just laughed and uh but yeah if you don't have a prayer closet get one i promise you it will change the way you think in view prayer oh yeah I remember going through a tough time this year and um, I knew that I, I guess I was away from God for a little bit, but man, I, I took eight out, roughly eight hours in the day and just delved into my Bible at work. You know, I only have about, I have to do stuff every 20 minutes at work, but the rest of the hour I would have by myself and I would pray and I would pray and I'd read my Bible and I'd pray. I think I had read Psalms, I think five times over during that time period and just listen prayer and fasting and reading your bible works don't let i hate when people say oh man that's too much or i don't want to do that but man let me tell you something don't let anybody tells you that that stuff don't work no more mm. it does that stuff works Amen. and the word of god is so powerful you i hate people who just treat it like a storybook because it's not it is the living word of god i remember a bus kid uh uh not too long ago i would say about a year ago back in my home church he goes, brother Justin, you're holding Jesus in your hands, and I'm like looking, and obviously Jesus is <laughs> Jesus ain't in my hands. So I was like, man, I would I would be like solid if Jesus was in my hands. But I looked, and it was a Bible, and I just thought that that was the most profound thing in the world. Such a simple thought, but a kid, like you're holding Christ in your hands. You have all the the knowledge of the entire world in the palm of your hand and the tips of your fingers you have the most wisest man that ever lived on the earth who wrote two books and then you have uh the the people who lived and walked with jesus mind you uh d said that the people uh, who are listening to this is between the uh, ages of 18 through the 20s and let me tell you something the disciples is very it's very believed oh, yeah. that the disciples the youngest one was 17 that was john and the oldest was 28. Yeah. And so these guys were were young guys. They were around our age and they walked with Christ and they walked with God and they they talked with Christ and they learned from Christ, man. And that's why I think partly that's why the gospels are probably the easiest place to find the the gospel of Jesus, the salvation because they knew it and they knew how old they were. You know, they they were trained under Jesus. They were around our age and that's why those things are so important to learn and to know and to read the bible and to pray man i'm telling you peter <laughs> we can all probably relate to peter at some point in our life you know we had our high highs and our low lows oh yeah but peter man if peter didn't have the bible if peter didn't have if peter didn't have an open communication with prayer to god peter would have never been the been the pastor of the church at antioch there's no way in heaven and earth that peter would have ever been able to do that without the bible that he had at the time and yeah. without prayer i'll tell you what i am very much guilty of denying christ more than three times <laughs> uh i told uh my singles leader at church i told him that i personally relate to peter out of all of the disciples the most i relate to him because i have the anger that he has but also the cowardness yeah. that he has. 
but then I see what God used, how he used that anger, how he used yeah. that cowardice and changed those attributes and changed that man. And that man went on to do great things for the cause of Christ. Amen. If you could give a piece of advice to somebody that's considering um, going to Bible college or surrendering, surrendering to the ministry, uh, what would that be? This is something I had to learn, but the ministry is a lonely thing. Mm. It is. It is not easy man finding the the spirit to go on if you guys don't know at house we we have bus ministry we go at 6 a.m get back at 12 and midnight literally it's a part-time job crammed into the weekend yeah Yeah. (laughs) but man like if i'm telling you if you are not called and i'm very careful how i say this you will not last in that place i believe i believe you have to have a calling or you know that you are going for media or you're going for teaching. Yeah. You know, even people are called to that stuff. I believe, you know, God has a calling for your life. Make sure your calling is sure. Be diligent and uh, sure that you're calling in Second Peter. That's what it says. And if you're going to do it, do it. Do it with all your heart. Don't wait. Don't don't worry about money. Don't worry about, uh, yeah. um, you know, don't worry about your necessities, man. God... Let me tell you something. There were a lot of times in these last two years where I worried about money and just somehow, some way it worked out and I'm still here. I'm still going strong. And let me tell you something. If, if you take care of God's big world, God will take care of your small world. As Pastor Wilkerson always says, you know, you tithe consistently, you do what you're supposed to do, man. God will take care of you. Just know that. And if you are going to go and you, if you are going to go and you are going to serve God, man, serve him with all your heart, serve him with all your might. Uh, the Bible says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, man. Do it. Be strong. Just go. And let me tell, uh, let me say this. This is something that's not said much. There are going to be low days. Yeah. It's going to be sad days. There's going to be heartbroken days. But that's why I said it's very important to know and have a walk with God because I could not have gotten through those days without a walk with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and there are, that's the ministry. Guys, if you're listening, fellas, if you're called to preach, fellas, if you are called to be a Sunday school teacher, let me tell you, there are going to be heartbroken days and there are going to be down days. And listen, I'm just a kid. Tell tell another kid. I'm only 20. (laughs) But I know that one day as a pastor, there's going to be heartbroken. There's going to be heartbreak and there's going to be hard times. And that's the ministry. The ministry isn't always high highs, guys. And ladies, too, man. The ministry has low lows, but... And that's why David wrote Psalms. I believe there's so much, there's so much verses in trusting in God in Psalms. I could quote, uh, preserve me, O God, for I will put my trust in thee. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man that trusted in him. And so many, so many more uh, about just trusting God. And if you are going to go into the ministry, if you are planning on going into Bible college or planning on just uh, uh, serving God, man, trust him. Trust him, trust him, trust him. That is the biggest point is to trust the Lord. And I will tell you this. Um, again, I'm only 21, so I haven't fully experienced the lows of ministry, but I've definitely seen how the ministry, some high points of the ministry. I've been blessed with more responsibility in the last six, seven months at church than I have in my entirety of going to church and it's definitely it, it 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 convicts me because i i i'm convicted of not telling my spiritual leaders that i'm praying for them actually praying for them and telling them that i love them the men and the women that labor at my church day in and day out tell your pastor that you love him because he might be fighting a battle that you have no idea about I know my pastor and I, this man is literally like my second dad and brother Bill, if you're listening, I love you. Thank you for not quitting. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for leading our church according to the way the Bible and your Christ and that in the way and according to the way that Christ uh, ordained it to be led. Tell your pastor, tell your ministry leader, tell ladies, tell a lady that you look up to in your church, tell them that you love them. If you're able to be there physically, physically tell them you love them. I mean, hug them, embrace them, make them feel loved and make them feel known. Because again, they might be fighting a battle that you have no idea about. And as a pastor, he's bearing the weight 
the souls of his church on his back every single day, counseling people day in and day out, giving his all day in and day out. And he goes back home and he is beat. He is broken. And he has to go downstairs or go to his prayer closet. And then he has to do more praying. He has to do more seeking of his soul. He has to go to bed and get up and do it the next day. Because he wants to. Because he's called to do it. Support him. Don't sow discourse in the church. Tell your... I mean, I can't stress this enough. Tell your pastor that you love him. I found that out the hard way, man. My pastor... I'll never forget this. I was helping him take his son to college... And his son was driving, and I was in the back seat. And, and my pastor took out literally pages of names. And I asked him, I said, Pastor, what are those? Hey, what are those? But I asked him, I was like, what are those? And he said, and he showed me, they were the names of every member of our church. And by the grace of God, at that time, we were a very, not a very large church, but we, for the area that we're in, we are a pretty, we are a really good sized church. And it was dozens of pages of people's names front and back praise for every single one of them i know that was a very random thought but that just really convicted me to throw in there i think i think i think we'll end it there uh i felt like justin would have is a very good um guy in a very good he's in a very unique position to shed some perspective for somebody that might be in the same boat or going through the same things that he went through. So Justin, uh, I want to thank you for being here. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Oh man. I loved it. Thank you for the opportunity. Really? Um, again, support us on, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, give us a five star rating, follow the Instagram page, feed your faith podcast, email us, uh, you know, your comments, your thoughts, your testimonies. I want to read. I want to get, uh, plugged in with the people that are listening and uh follow uh justin has a christian page as well it's called the young fundamentalist no no respectfully fundamentalist. oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm saying i'm terrible at plugging in my guesses and my guesses socials you can you can plug you can plug, you can plug. Uh, just uh, if you want to hear quotes or songs or sermons uh we have a page called respectfully fundamentalist we'd love to just be a blessing i, I work on it with another guy so it's it, it I know it's been a blessing and I just do it because I need the quotes myself. So, yeah. But yeah, respectfully fundamentalists. Yes, yes. Follow us on Instagram at Feed Your Faith Podcast. Share with all your friends and your family. And remember to always feed your faith. And we're out. Whew.